the Women Changing the World podcast, a podcast on a mission to bring you some of the most amazing women I know who are doing incredible things to generally make the world a better place. From corporate sustainability to straight up magic and everything in between, you'll meet the real life humans who are birthing the new. I'm your host, Liz Best, and I'm here to amplify the stories and voices of women who are changing the world. to sit down with Claudia Guerrero. Sorry, still working on rolling my R's. Uh, She is a digital marketing freelancer and master of chaos. Uh, Claudia is a passionate freelance digital marketer with more than eight years of experience working globally. She's all about empowering women and helping purpose-driven businesses. Claudia is known for her conscious marketer approach. She is on a mission to make marketing a force for good. Originally from Portugal, Claudia has been living in different countries since 2011, including the UK, France, Cambodia, Singapore, and now Germany. She's visited over 20 countries so far and loves to travel. One thing that sets her apart is her ability to adapt to new environments. She's comfortable living outside her comfort zone and enjoys the flexibility of remote work. In her free time, Claudia volunteers and gets involved in initiatives aimed at making the world a better place. She's a firm believer in using her skills and time to create a positive impact on the world. Today, we talked about everything from what a day in the life of a freelance marketer looks like um, to what conscious marketing is and how you can embrace conscious marketing practices in your own work to how Claudia has built community on LinkedIn and her own tips and tricks for how you can do the same. I'm so inspired by Claudia and her work, and I just know you're going to enjoy my conversation with her as much as I did. Welcome to another new episode of the Women Changing the World podcast. I am so excited to be sitting down today with you, Claudia. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Liz. I'm so excited to to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Oh my goodness, my pleasure. I've been so looking forward to this conversation. Um, I feel like I've been admiring you and your work for such a long time. I'm curious, before we like get into things, would you mind just briefly introducing yourself to our listeners? Yeah, absolutely. Hi, everyone. I'm Claudia Gheiru, which means warrior in English. And I'm a digital marketing freelancer who believes that marketing can change and be a force for good in the world. So yes, I call myself conscious marketeer. I love it. Um, and I, I'm so excited to talk more today about like what conscious marketing is and what it means and um, and how you came to be here. So maybe before we get into all the details on conscious marketing specifically, um, would love to hear a little bit more, Claudia, about how you came to be where you are today. And really the invitation here is like take up space and tell your story. Absolutely. I love that. I mean, I'm going to keep it very raw, authentic, transparent, because I think everyone deserves the real story with the failings, with the learnings and everything that comes with it. So I've started my career in Cambodia, imagine. <laughs> I went, I'm, I'm from Portugal originally. And when I ended my bachelor in business administration, I felt really frustrated. I just felt like that wasn't really what I wanted to do. I wanted to have some impact in the world. And I saw all my colleagues uh, going to Deloitte and all those corporate world. And I just didn't really identify myself with, with that. So I decided to enroll myself in the volunteering program and went to Cambodia, completely the other side of the world. I always loved to travel and get to know different cultures and so on. I had lived in France already at that time and in the UK. So I was very familiar on, you know, uh, living by myself and uh, like uh, this experience of being independent, even though that I was still very young, about 21 um, at least for Portugal, you know, we leave our parents' place really late. So <laughs> I was a bit of a pioneer for my time. 
And so, yes, I went to Cambodia. I did a volunteering program there. And then I was also working at the hotel. So I did like lots of different things. And then I decided to to do a master program in a complete different environment. So from Cambodia, I went to Singapore, which is a complete (laughs) opposite lifestyle. And to be honest with you all, I wasn't very happy at first in Singapore because I had such a raw and authentic experience in Cambodia, working really with very humble people in the countryside and so on. And then suddenly I was back to city life, which I felt that I, where I didn't really belong. But sl- slowly I found my place in Singapore and I studied there. I had lots of different jobs there. And finally, after working in research, in F&B, in hospitality, I found my place in marketing and communications, which was what I really uh, loved. I loved communicating with people in a positive manner and making some sort of impact. So after all of these different career paths, I finally found myself enjoying my, uh, my work in marketing. So I joined a, a startup. And I was really happy with the startup and I worked so hard to make it like the best startup in sustainability. It was about reusables for F&B. But at some point I was working too hard, as in too hard, I burned out and really, really badly. Um, I had to take a long career break after this time because I just found myself in a place that I just pushed myself too hard into marketing and communications. And I needed a break to really recharge and understand what exactly I wanted to do with marketing and communication. So I took a six months career break. This was also around the time of COVID, you know, a lot of different things were happening. It was a, you know, a difficult period for a lot of people. And for me, it was as well. And then, so my family decided that we would reallocate back to Europe. So after almost 10 years in Southeast Asia, uh, here I come back to Europe, which was also readapting myself after so long living abroad, uh, specifically in Southeast Asia uh, and, uh, and traveling and so on. I had the great opportunity to discover so much in Southeast Asia. And so I took some time off and then I started looking for a job and I wanted a, a very specific job. I wanted a job that contributed to society in a positive manner, was sustainable, was impactful, and was remote. So it was very important for me to have a remote job because after so long living in Southeast Asia and unable to see my family, my friends, and I just felt that I wanted to have a lot more flexibility. I always enjoyed remote work and I feel that has been life-changing to work remotely and be able to work anywhere. So I had this very specific values of what I wanted and principles of what I wanted for my next job. And I just couldn't find any job (laughs) that matched that specific criteria. And so I'm a trailblazer and just decided to create my own job. I was like, no, I'm not going to give up. I'm just going to create my own job. I'm certain that I'm, um, you know, here for something, you know, like, uh, and I will try to do this by myself. So that's when I decided to pivot my digital marketing uh, services. (laughs) And specifically, I came up with this conscious marketing manifesto of what exactly I wanted to do in marketing, what what are the principles that guide my work, and also that I wanted to work 100% remotely. And because of that, it opened opportunities for me to work with people from all over the world. You know, I'm so excited to be here with you. You're in the US, I'm in Germany. I have clients in Dubai and Singapore and Bali in London, you know, in Amsterdam. So in also in Berlin. So I'm really happy that I opened this opportunity for myself, although it was so scary at the beginning to take this risk. So yes, this is a little bit how I came to be a digital marketing freelancer. Oh my goodness. I love it. Well, I mean, I, I'm i sorry that it sounds like, you know, burnout was one of the many things that like led you to this place. Um, yes. And it's so exciting to hear how you like really have blazed this trail for yourself and are getting to do the work that you want to do on your own terms. I'd love to hear a little bit more about like what it looks like for you to be a digital freelance marketer and self-described remote rebel. Um, yes. <laughs> what would you say like a day in your life looks like? Um, and who are you like, who are your ideal clients? What are your dream projects? Like, give us a little bit more of a sense of one, like again, day in the life and then two, um, who you're working with on what? 
Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for this uh, question. So, uh, you know, I keep my days pretty flexible. I know that some people like a lot of structure and I do too, but sometimes I also need to listen to my own body. If my body is asking me to rest, I take a rest instead of sometimes I have whole days plan and I just prefer to take a step back and like listen to my body and say, Hey, you need some time off or you need to recharge, etc. Because when you work alone, uh, you do all sorts of things. You're an accountant, you're a you know, customer service representative, you're the salesperson, you're the marketing executive, you're the person implementing strategies and so on. And, sometimes, and that's a lot of hats, right? So, so I do try to have uh, to be kind to myself as much as possible and listen to my body. So that's something I've learned more recently on how to be a digital marketing freelancer. But a typical day looks like I wake up around seven, I go to walk my dog in the beautiful river Elba just next to me. And uh, and then from there, I take, I have my breakfast, relax a bit. And then I start my days around 9.30 to 10. Sometimes I take a break uh, for lunch, a longer break, and just relax a bit more, take my dog for a walk, and then work in the evenings because some clients are in the US or are, you know, in other parts of the world. So sometimes I do work in the evenings. And sometimes I do work on the weekends as well and instead take a day off during the week, such as, for example, Wednesday, I usually make it my rest day and sometimes work on Saturdays because, for example, on Saturday, I feel more creative when I don't have to answer lots of emails and <laughs> lots of things and notifications, etc. So I do take time on the weekends sometimes to work because it's when I feel most creative, when I don't have so many people interrupting, let's say, or at least like... Um, asking for stuff that I need to do. And, you know, being a marketeer, you need to be, have your creative time as well. So you need to be, you know, in a space, in a mental space that allows you that creativity. And I feel that remote work has been very beneficial for me specifically because if I need to go home, if I need to go to Portugal right now, I'm, I'm in Germany, but it also if I want to go to visit a friend, etc., I feel like I have that flexibility. Whereas before, where I, when I lived in Southeast Asia for 10 years, I could just go home once a year and just for seven days. So that really like made me think like, hey, do I want to continue this life that I just see my family once a year or my friends once a year? And, you know, everything I do uh, in digital marketing, I can do remotely. I'm not saying that I don't enjoy meeting people in person. I love meeting people in person. I'm uh, super extroverted and that's something that sometimes I miss in remote work. And that's why I love joining communities. I know that Liz has an amazing community that she just launched, you know, and this kind of communities, I feel that they are so beneficial for people that are working remotely so that they don't feel so alone in what they are doing. So I've joined a bunch of communities. I've networked a lot. And uh, I'm really, really thankful to have this opportunity to do my own thing. And at the same time, uh, have you know, uh, the life that I want. I'm not saying that it's all, you know, a walk in the park. I work a lot and very hard, but uh, I'm, I'm really happy to work for my cause. Oh, I love that so much and so appreciate the the community shout out as well. Um, thank you. I know, I feel like especially in entrepreneurship, which can be so lonely, it so, can be so helpful um, to create communities and be part of communities of like-minded people. Um, and I love like your the way that you structured your days and your week. Um, I that so resonated with me. Like just like it sometimes is so much easier to get creative stuff done on a day when no one's expecting an email <laughs> reply. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but then it's also a question of like how do you balance that back out during the week, which is something yes. I know for me has been like an ongoing dance. Um, I did want to follow up on the question about sort of like dream clients and dream projects to oh, get yes. a little bit more into the work. So would you be willing to tell us a little bit more about um, some of the stuff that you're working on or would like to be working on this year? Absolutely. Thank you so much for the follow-up question. I forgot about it in the meantime. <laughs> but, but yes, uh, my ideal clients are solopreneurs, women solopreneurs that either are just starting or have started for some time, a year or two or three, even five, but they just feel like their digital presence is chaotic. I, I meet a lot of amazing women that have so many great ideas and they are doing so much great things to the world 
but they are just like spreading themselves across thin when it comes to marketing because they're trying to be on TikTok, on Instagram, on uh, email marketing, on LinkedIn, on, you know, every platform that they that you can imagine. And it's just not possible for a solopreneur. We have to be very strategic. So I'm really happy to sit down with those women virtually, let's say sit down virtually uh, and uh, try to figure out what is the best strategy for them when it comes to marketing. So content marketing is one of the services that I provide. I do also email marketing. I do personal branding a lot. I know that you also have some episodes on personal branding that are absolutely amazing, by the way. Always promoting you because I just love you. You know it, Liz. (laughs) Thank you. It's so visual. (laughs) And so, yeah, so my clients are women purpose-driven, they have businesses that are for good, like, um, for example, you know, they can be coaches, they can be working in social impact, they can be in climate tech, they can be in the alternative alternative protein industry and food tech and so on. So I don't have a a very specific uh, niche when it comes to the industry, because I feel that I'm so passionate about many different uh, industries. And that's the, the... the beauty of freelance that I can work in all of these amazing industries that are bringing change to, to the world. And so, yeah, I'm very inspired to be able to help all of those purpose-driven women that want to change the world with their own businesses in their own industry. Uh, I wanted to say that I mostly work with services, not so much uh, businesses that have physical products. Gotcha. Oh, that's so helpful. Um, And I feel like it's like, on the one hand, like, yeah, there's not necessarily an industry niche to your work, but I also feel like that is so specific in the sense that you're working with, you know, <laughs> purpose-led, true. solopreneur, women women with service-based businesses. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I mean, I also work with businesses that have other co-founders, but at least has to have one woman co-founder. That's my main criteria because I believe that this is the way that I'm contributing to equity as well and bringing women Uh, into being successful in their businesses because unfortunately it's a reality. Women have a lot going on in their lives, but not just that, they just don't get the funding that other startups that are uh, male funded uh, uh, get. So that's very important for me. I think it's a way for me to contribute also, also to society besides all the conscious marketing things that I do. Totally, totally. No, I, I, that so resonates with me and is so aligned with the work that I do um, as well. Is Network on your 2023 to-do list? Hi there, it's Liz. If you're liking our conversation and our approach to personal development, career advancement, and living a life that turns you on, I invite you to join our community, the Girls Club Collective. We are the intentionally intimate personal and professional development community for women who are changing the world. Instead of asking for a seat at the table, we decided to build our own. Like most change agents and rebels with a cause, you don't often have enough hours in the day to change the world and cultivate a strategic network. If overwhelm has become your second language and you're feeling tired of trying to convince your own marketing team to actually read your ESG report, you're in the right place. We know that sometimes trying to make a difference can feel like being that one person out on the dance floor trying to get the party started. And that's why we created the Girls Club Collective. It's where women changing the world organize, and all you have to do is show up as yourself. We are the anti-establishment version of the Boys Club, reimagining ambition, and leading the movement of meaningful work fueled by moxie, strategy, and a little bit of magic. That means you not only gain access to a community of people you need to know, you'll also take a look at how you can grow as a leader, what you really want, and why your dream of living by the beach and working for yourself isn't as crazy as it sometimes feels. By offering monthly peer advisory, salons on timely and relevant topics, networking power hours, and more, the Girls Club Collective is your extended team, your extra brains, and an energizing environment that is geared toward your personal and professional growth. We believe that changing the world is a team sport. Join the collective designed for exactly that and use the code PODCAST, that's all caps PODCAST, for 10% off your first year of membership. You can find the link to join us in the show notes. And I cannot wait to see you in the collective. 
I love the vision that you've really and like mission that you have really owned um, in terms of using marketing as a force for positive change and would love to go a little bit deeper on the conscious marketing piece. So for anyone who's listening, who's maybe not familiar with you, not familiar with your work, not familiar with the term conscious marketing, how do you define conscious marketing? Yes, absolutely. I mean, one thing that we uh, realize or that I've realized in general is that there's no clear definition on impactful marketing. So I have created my own definition of what is conscious marketing. And I was very inspired by this book of Caroline Tate. She has a book called Conscious Marketing. So I follow a lot of her principles. It's a book from 2014. And she has been a bit my guru on how I've started into conscious marketing and into this movement. So conscious marketing essentially is impactful, sustainable, accessible, human, fun. I think it's very important because I think a lot of marketeers don't have fun. You know, they just feel that they are doing this for profit and that's pretty much it. And then, uh, so yeah, accessible, sustainable, and all of that. And authentic and transparent. I think it's very important. We walk the talk, not just talk, you know? So yes, and it's all about building a community around you and uh, uh, that supports you, cheers you on, and is part of your movement instead of being very profit-driven. So there are eight principles that I follow in conscious marketing. Let me see if I don't forget any of them. Let's give it a a go. (laughs) So from profit-driven to purpose-driven, from complex to simple, from um, price-driven to value-driven, from uh, fear to love. I think I still have a few missing. Let me just quickly check. From interruption to attraction. That's also Mm. very important. From duplicity to honesty. And I think I've now set eight principles, if I'm not mistaken. So yes, these are the eight principles that um, I follow in my work and that are really important in every single thing that I do in conscious marketing. If you have any questions about these principles, happy to come back to it. I now have the list just in front of me if you want me to repeat. <laughs> I will know. I mean, I love it. And you don't have to repeat any of them, but I'd, I guess I'd love to hear um, some of the something that's like really opened that I've really opened my eyes to over the past three years of running my business is the way in which. I think for so many of us, when we think about marketing, it is so often fear-driven or yes. scarcity-driven or like, like you know, activating the like, yeah, just, like, I mean, I think just fear, yeah. just making us feel bad about yeah. ourselves to buy things. <laughs> and, exactly. and there's like so much, there is a much, much, much better way to sell things in a way that like, as you've described, like calls people in, creates a community, like centers love, like builds a relationship. Um, Yeah, I guess I'm curious, like what's your take on like the state of marketing overall? And like, do you feel like more people are moving in this like more conscious marketing direction? Um, What are your thoughts on kind of where we are today? Thanks so much for this question. Absolutely. I love talking about this and I honestly could talk about this for hours <laughs> if we had the time. But I feel that we give a lot of attention to people that use an ethical and unresponsible uh, marketing practices because we think those unethical marketing practices work. It's the status quo. It's what has been done. It's what the book says, you know. Why should we do it any different if it has worked in the past, et cetera, et cetera. So people, uh, I think our generation, uh, you know, millennials, uh, Gen Z, uh, have suffered a lot the effects of this bad marketing. You know, if you look into socials, et cetera, people are depressed because they just don't feel good enough about themselves because we have experienced this boom of technology where we are exposed to ads everywhere we go, every page we visit and so on. And they all tell us, if you don't buy this product, you're going to be ugly. Or if you don't buy this product, you're never going to be smart. Or if you don't buy this product, you know, you just suck in general, you know. And so we internalize that all our lives, you know, that we are just not enough, you know. And that's just so toxic and so sad because we have a whole generation that just doesn't feel that they are enough, right? And so I feel that personally I'm on the 
I'm on the, I'm trying, I'm on the journey to change this. You know, I really don't want us to use fear-based marketing. I want us to use love instead and positivity. I'm not saying that uh, we need to use toxic positivity. That's also not where I want us to go. I really want us to be raw and authentic about our journeys and promote things in a meaningful way. So for example, instead of saying, hey, don't miss out on this offer, blah, blah, blah. Why not saying, join us on this journey of discovery of whatever, you know, like there is such better way of doing like copy and content writing that just does not involve making people feel like they're missing out or by not being part of something. Instead, we're just inviting them to be part of something. And that's just so much more uh, meaningful. When it comes to uh, society in general, I've seen that people are so much more interested in better marketing practices now. I've started my journey, like my active journey on LinkedIn just about a year ago, and I had only 1,000 followers one year, exactly one year ago. And just this last weekend, I reached 10,000 followers, which is Oh my really gosh, insane. congrats. That's huge. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I'm really like so excited about it and uh, i'm a bit like whoa how did this happen but i know how did this happen i worked hard every single day so that's how that's how right and uh, and so yes i reached ten thousand followers i'm so excited to see that people are interested in better ways of doing marketing i have lots of people contacting me on a daily basis about my work about the things that I do, wanting to have a coffee chat so much that I had to block my calendar until July. We are now in April. So I was like, <laughs> hey, okay, I need to, you know, also prioritize how much time I can spend networking and talking to others, which is something I love. And I could spend the whole week doing that. But I also need to have time for myself, for my family, for my dog, for my husband, for, you know, everyone that uh, is dear to me. And also for doing actual work, because I want to walk the talk as well. So, <laughs> so for sure. Uh, I think you asked something else. Uh, I uh, What was the other question? Did I miss something? No, I don't think you missed anything. It was really mostly about like the, the kind of the current state of this like shift toward conscious marketing. Um, but I guess what related to that, would love to hear, uh, and oh my gosh, there's just such a fun update and congrats again. I've been watching you like Thank grow you. your LinkedIn presence. It's so cool. Um, but how do you think about impact in your work? So like, how are you measuring the impact of your own work or how are you thinking about um, the impact that you're making through your business? Yes. So I, I mean, mostly by working with purpose-driven women, I believe I'm already uh, impacting the world because I feel that conscious marketing is the secret ingredient for these women to succeed in a meaningful, responsible and ethical way. And then I'm also always trying to improve uh, myself. Like I do lots of courses. For example, I join the alt marketing school, which is a, you know, alternative marketing, uh, school where they teach us to be rebels. <laughs> so I love it. It's also like completely in this positivity movement of marketing and love and, you know, impactful. So yes, I, I upgrade myself every time that, that I can. And for example, I try to have as much as possible sustainable practices on my daily marketing practices. One one example that comes to my mind is that I have an email marketing platform that plants trees when it sends emails uh, and I really love it. I'm also on a, on a mission to change my website and make it more sustainable. So that, uh, 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 that means that I have to, for example, change the domain to a sustainable domain and so on. There's a lot of things that need to be done. Uh, but, you know, I am not perfect and I'm not saying that uh, the only way is to be perfect. I think we need to take the steps, you know, every day to get better when it comes to uh, impact and we should not aim for perfection. I think I'm myself quite a perfectionist. So I try everything that I can to have, you know, the maximum impact, but I also have to be like, hey, it's okay to not be perfect. We are just every day, I'm one step ahead and uh, working towards a better world. I love that. And I think it's so true. Like I, you know, previously doing like impact work from within like massive, like multinational corporations, 
I think, you know, I had a very different idea of like, oh, like if and when I start my own business, like I'm just going to do everything right from the beginning. But I don't think I had any appreciation of just like <laughs> how much would be on my plate and how many decisions would need to get made in, a, in any given day. And so definitely agree that's like progress, not perfection as far as like yes. identifying the impact you're making through your business and like what are like a few key priorities that can like move things in an even better direction. Exactly, exactly. Something that you mentioned up front that I wanted to come back to and like dig a little bit deeper on if you're up for it is thinking about like, I don't know, solopreneurship, entrepreneurship can be tough um, as you acknowledge. And I'm curious (laughs) if you'd be willing to share a little bit more about like what some of like the hardest parts have been of launching your own business or some of the like roller coaster moments or lessons learned that might be helpful for other people listening. Yes, absolutely. I mean, when it comes to marketing particularly, I feel that there aren't a lot of role models that I can follow just yet. So I did feel very alone at the start of my journey because I'm basically, you know, trying to pitch something somewhat new and there are so many people out there selling their growth hacks and you know if you do this if you use this template you're gonna get rich kind of and here I am trying to be responsible ethical you know and I was just like hey I'm like really different but it's okay I will embrace being different and so I think that was uh, a bit difficult again coming back to like not having a real clear definition what of what is impactful marketing and creating my own definition. I think it was a bit difficult at the start, but I kept believing in myself, kept like, um, you know, like following my gut, following my intuition. And I think that was also really important because sometimes we feel like, oh, no, it's just not working out like in a few days. And so we drop it. No, I think it's good to keep going if you really believe in what you're doing. Uh, just keep going and things will come to you at some point. You just need to be patient. You just need to be authentic, transparent and really share your authentic story. I think a lot of people just feel like they only can start something when they are more successful, when they're more known. And I just feel like we need to come as we are today at this point in time and share our authentic uh, story. And I think that's something that I also learned throughout this journey, because at the start, I was also not feeling so confident about what I was talking and so on. And then just one year later today, I just feel like, yay, you know, (laughs) so many people are part of this movement and believe in what I'm doing. And that was also one of the reasons why I recently started this uh, Conscious Marketing Insights newsletter, because I wanted to share the story of other amazing people who believe that marketing can be a force for good in the world, you know, Uh, and I just didn't feel so alone anymore when I started having people joining and sharing their experiences. And and that was something that I'm really, really excited about. And I featured you very recently, Liz. So if anyone is uh, interested in my newsletter, go check it out. Go check Liz's feature called Leaders We Love. She has been featured on the 8th of March. So the Women's Day on top. So you will find her for sure on my LinkedIn Oh my gosh, thank you. And yeah, I wanted to talk about the Leaders We Love series. It was such an honor to be featured. And I just love the way that you're shining a spotlight on people who are doing things differently because I think it can just be so helpful to see the real life examples of what this can look like. Um, yes. So I'm curious, like, what inspired you to start the series in the first place? And what are you learning as you go? Absolutely. So the Leaders We Love actually was inspired uh, in – Jess's work, Jess from Reconsidered, she has this amazing, uh, impactful interviews. I think it's called Impact Interviews, if I'm not mistaken. I worked at Reconsidered as a freelancer for some time, and I was really inspired by these interviews, and I really loved the model that she followed. So Jess was one of the first uh, people being featured in my Leaders We Love campaign, specifically on the Conscious Marketing Insights newsletter. And uh, she started uh, this together with me, let's say. And it it was just such an important uh, moment because I really felt like, hey, I can share the story of other people who are successful in their marketing practices that are not using this nasty tactics uh, based on scarcity, based on fear-based marketing strategies, based on making people just not feeling uh, good. And so 
I've been learning so much. Uh, I think it's great that, you know, that uh, uh, I had the opportunity to connect with these amazing women and also amazing entrepreneurs in general uh, that uh, are successful in their own ways and are also like showing their own definition of success, which I also think it's so important and so part of also the, this marketing movement. It's not about making tons and being a billionaire. It's just about making an impact with their work, with their business, you know, and, uh, you know, having a, a happy life, let's say, you know, so that's really important. So, yes, I'm, I feel very inspired by everyone that has joined the Leaders We Love campaign. And I think I learned a little bit from every single person uh, there. And I strongly advise uh, anyone that has a bit of time to go and check out the Conscious Marketing Insights newsletter and particularly the Leaders We Love campaign. Mm. Yes, I will underline that, and we will definitely include links to those in the in the show notes as well. Again, it's I think it's so inspiring, and and similar similarly, um, I find through doing this podcast, it's such a treat to get to sit down with people who are doing such inspiring work. I almost always like learn at least one thing, often many more things than one. Um, <laughs> exactly. But yeah, it's such a cool way. I think. Uh, to shine a spotlight on other women and connect, um, and also, uh, and hopefully inspire other people out there. And I just, yeah, love what you're doing with the series. And, you know, one of the themes of this podcast, actually this season is community. And I'm really talking to a lot of different people. Yeah. Who are like cultivating community in different ways and thinking about community in cool ways. And I've been so inspired, um, like in addition to this series by all the ways that you've been really creating community in particular on LinkedIn. Um, So I'm curious, like, you know, one, like what that experience has been like for you to really be building community on LinkedIn. And and two, do you have any like tips or tricks or recommendations for people who are listening who also want to be using the platform to build community? Yes, yes. Thank you so much for highlighting that. So I think the first thing that I wanted to say is just Again, coming back to something that I said previously, come as you are. Uh, I think a lot of us think, oh, no, I have to have the perfect content. I have to have the perfect sentence. I have to look pretty. I have to do this and that. So I think it's very important for us to just meet ourselves where we are today and share our story. And so, uh, you know, I advise that try to be somewhat consistent, but show up for yourself. So, you know, if being consistent for you means one post per week, just do one post per week, do what you can, you know, if being consistent for you means five posts per week, great, amazing, you know, but uh, I've started last year with about two, one to two posts per week. And I have slowly progressed it into more because then once you get a hang of it, you actually feel excited about posting. At the beginning, I was really like, whoa, scared. What are gonna what are people gonna think about the things that I'm saying online? You know, should I be a bit more careful, etc.? And then once you get the hang of it and feel more confident about yourself, now I've been posting pretty much almost uh, every day, you know, and it comes from the heart. Again, you know, if I don't don't have anything to share that brings value to the community, I don't post, you know? So it's really about bringing as much value as you can to your community, showing up for yourself. And also just remember social media networks are collaborative platforms. It's not just about yourself. Go around and network with people, comment on others, you know, share their successes, be happy for them, you know, like, um, uh, share their offers, even if they are part of your close community, like just uh, be a collaborative thought leader, you know, like that's such an important way to build this community around you because you build just a community of super fans because they will be there for you when you need them as well. When you are there for others, they will be there for you too. So it's like this principle of reciprocity is so important. And besides, of course, let's say, posting regularly, uh, networking and commenting on other people's posts. Also get out of LinkedIn, as in like talk to people in messages and say, hey, I love what you do. Would you like to have a virtual coffee if you have time? You know, I've talked with so many like amazing people just via virtual coffees on Zoom or whatever. And that also like 
made me feel so good because in a way I was like, okay, you know, there are a lot of people like that like, out there that think like me, they just are not brave enough to share their story online. So they come to me and then suddenly this magic happens. And I've, I've been like talking to people that have said, Hey, I'm so inspired by you. I want to start my own conscious marketing journey and be part of your movement and so on, you know? So that, that brings a lot of joy to, to my work and to my, to my life to know that uh, what I do is inspiring others also to be part of this movement. Ah, so cool. Um, and I'm sure, I mean, you are definitely a source of inspiration, I think, for so many people on so many fronts. Um, and I also really want to celebrate, I know you were recently accepted into the Break Fellowship, which is a That's big right. deal. Um, so for anyone who is listening who hasn't heard of it, um, tell us what it is. Yes, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> I wasn't expecting to uh, get accepted. Honestly, when I applied for it, I was a bit like, yeah, I need this sounds interesting. Let's go. Why not? I'm a very much why not uh, person, you know. So I, I saw this through uh, one of the communities that I'm part of, Nomad Haven, which is a really beautiful community also of women entrepreneurs. And someone recommended this program to me specifically. And I was like, hey, yes, let me check it out. So the Break Fellowship is a program for women residing in the European Union. Doesn't matter the nationality, you just need to reside in the European Union. And it's an incubator program for these women. And it's based on the sustainable goals of the UN, all those goals. I think it's 16 goals, if I'm not mistaken. And the UN uh, SDGs, the Sustainable yes, Development Goal. Exactly. Yeah, yes. I think it may be 17. But 17. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. 17, 17 goals. So it's ba the, the program is based on that. And it's specifically for women. And so we have, uh, it's an incubator program. And we have like trainings remotely to start. And then we have also 27 days in Spain specifically. So it's really exciting. Uh, over 1,000 women, if I'm not mistaken, are going to meet together in Madrid. And then we will be, yes, yeah, amazing, right? And then we will be sent to like uh, smaller uh, groups and also to other cities. I'm going to be in a city close to uh, Granada, which is a beautiful city in Spain. It's really exciting. And so I'll be in a smaller group of 20 women and particularly the topic of this group is sustainable tourism, which I'm really excited about. Uh, since I worked in F&B, hospitality, some things are coming to all together uh, once again. So it's really uh, great. And, you know, I've been through like forms after forms and interview and this and that to be part of this journey. And I'm so happy that I have been uh, selected because uh, the program was like, it's like for 1000 women, but over 4000 have applied, you know, so I feel really, really, really privileged to be part of this um, small community, small community, let's say, <laughs> and, uh, and have this amazing experience to have an incubator program completely for free. This program is worth 7000 euros, and I don't have to pay anything accommodation flights and so on. This is all uh, taken care of, which is really, really nice. And another thing that I was so happy about this program is that accepts freelancers because not a lot of incubator programs accept freelancers. They just accept small businesses. So it, it's really a great opportunity for me to pivot my ideas without having to open a business right away. That's so cool. And I'm so curious, like, what are you most hoping to get out of the program? I think the community itself will be the most exciting. I'm so excited to meet with 1,000 like-minded entrepreneur women. I already had the chance to meet lots of them online through LinkedIn and also through uh, the platform that The Break uses. And so, yes, I think that's something that I'm really, really excited about, just meeting so many amazing and inspiring uh, women. And of course, I mean... Uh, mentoring, understanding if my business idea is viable, you know, if my strategy is somewhat right, you know, but of course, I also want to kind of follow my gut and my intuition and so on. But I think it's really great to have like uh, some mentoring and, you know, people that are supporting me to succeed in my own uh, business. Mm, that's amazing. I so can't wait to hear how it goes. It sounds like such a dream. 
Yes, yes, I'm really excited as well, for sure. Uh, it, it's already starting. So I've uh, had the, my first three webinars and uh, there's still much more to go. And I'm going to Spain. So right now is April and I'm going to Spain uh, mid-May and come back again to uh, where I live in Germany uh, in mid-June. So yeah, pretty excited about it. Ah, so fun. I can't wait to hear all about it. <laughs> uh, well, I do have a few kind of like quicker hit questions. I love asking people on the podcast. Um, maybe to kick those off, would love to hear what advice you wish you could give to your younger self. And you can pick one age or just give some general younger self advice. But what do you wish young Claudia knew or you could tell her today? Yes, so I would tell 18-year-old Claudia to follow her instincts and intuition. So back then when I was about 18 and started uni and was about yeah, I was about that age. I felt really lost because a lot of people seemed like they knew what they wanted to do, uh specifically their courses and so on. And I just didn't quite know what I wanted to do and it's okay to do an university degree that might not even be what you do uh, later on in life it's just I feel like we are um, we are told to choose so young and that's so scary for a lot of people and we feel at least from you know the ideas that we get from society is that you get a degree and you always work in that and there's no way out <laughs> you know so that was quite scary for me so I think it's, I would tell myself, hey, it's okay. You will do lots of different jobs. You'll have lots of different experiences. You will meet lots of different cultures. And that's so much more value than uh, your degree. It's it's okay to not do exactly, exactly what you do in your degree. You will find your way. And uh, yeah, just, just keep going. And it, it's all going to work out at the end. Because we are so scared of failure when we are around 18 we just feel like you know if we don't pass this uh, subject it's the end and whatever like we are at least I was a bit dramatic so because I just wanted to succeed so badly and be like the definition of successful in society so I think throughout these years now I've created my own definition of uh, success and I'm okay to not be another corporate at uh, whatever those big companies and just be doing my own thing, my small business and working with other like-minded entrepreneurs. And so, yeah, just keep going, Claudia. You can do it. <laughs> <laughs> mm, such a powerful reminder. Um, well, in a similar vein, I'm such a fan of like the inspirational post-it note and just like post-it note sized reminders of like notes to self, if you will. Um, and one day I aspire to put all of the brilliant post-it note size advice I've gotten on this podcast together in some way, shape, or form. <laughs> um, so if you got a post-it to have be your post-it of like a reminder, what's like your favorite inspirational message that you would want to put on the post-it? Uh, I'm sure so many. There are amazing things out there that I could put all over my room for sure. But if I had to pick one, I think because I'm so passionate about the way that Walt Disney uh, does storytelling, I think they are very good at inspiring others. Of course, Disney is not perfect. I'm not saying that. But, you know, I really like the way that they build storytelling and so I think the quotes that I would choose or the post-it that I would choose would be if you can dream you can do it I think this is so powerful and resonates with me so much uh, in the work that I'm doing specifically you know like you can go against everything you dream about it and you will you can do it you can succeed so yes if you can dream you can do it that's my post-it mm. <laughs> cliche <laughs> <laughs> ah, love it um well, and I have to ask, I always say like the biggest question, um, for, I used to open with this, but I have been experimenting with closing with it. Um, so because this is the Women Changing the World podcast, if you could change one thing about the world, um, what's the one thing that you would most want to change about the world? Mm, absolutely. I mean, besides marketing, of course. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think, you know, marketing would be the big thing that we focus throughout this uh, podcast. But I also wanted to talk about women entrepreneurs. So I think that it would be great to have more incubator programs like the one that I have just joined the break fellowship is a great example on how to support more women into uh, being, uh, you know, solopreneurs or uh, entrepreneurs in general and succeeding. I think there's still not enough of those programs out there. So if I could change that, that small change, I think it would make such a big difference in the world when there are more women entrepreneurs contributing to society in this meaningful way. I'm certain that the world would also change. So more incubator programs for women that throughout the world uh, doesn't matter what region i think it's so much more so much needed mm yeah i love that um i just think there's so much good that comes from uh like women running their own businesses and love like that idea of like the vision of providing more support for that because like the statistics as i'm sure you're familiar on yes. like just women you know women owned businesses versus businesses that are not owned by women is like absolutely hard and women to... just employ more women on top i mean it's been proven in research that uh, women employ more women and that creates you know a better impact on top right so absolutely and a lot of uh, uh remote first uh, businesses have been led by by women as well which is amazing absolutely um uh well I'm definitely like holding that vision right alongside you. Um, and I know we talked a little bit about this earlier, but um, in addition to your LinkedIn, which is amazing and highly suggest that people who are listening go check it out and check out your Leaders We Love series and the Conscious Marketing Newsletter, um, what are the best places for people to like find you, follow you, keep up with you? So yes, besides uh, LinkedIn, you can also check out my website. You can easily find it on LinkedIn. You can also contact me via email or just send me a private message on LinkedIn. I'm very open. I reply to, I try at least to reply to every message I have on LinkedIn. And imagine I have 10,000 followers, so I do have a lot of messages, but I do take that extra effort because I feel like it's so meaningful when someone sends you a message and says, hey, I love your work. I want to get to know more about you or whatsoever. I feel like it's really nice to just give back the same energy, you know? So yes, you check out my website, check out my Conscious Marketing Insights newsletter, have a look at my LinkedIn and that's pretty much it. I don't have myself spread across through many channels. Awesome. Well, yeah, again, we'll definitely include those links in the show notes um, and I'm sure people will be looking forward to learning more about you. Um, Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This has been such a fun conversation. It has seriously been such a treat to have you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I'm very pumped uh, after this conversation and I hope that uh, I can inspire more people using marketing as a force for good in the world. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Women Changing the World podcast. Please rate and review the Women Changing the World podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts, and don't forget to subscribe for future episodes. You can find me on Instagram. My handle is liz.best, that's L-A-S dot B-E-S-T, or you can find me on LinkedIn by searching my name, Liz Best. Join my mail list by visiting elizabethbest.com slash monthly meditation, and you'll receive all the latest updates on events, retreats, and opportunities to work with me plus a monthly love note from my heart to your inbox. I am so excited to keep in touch and I'll see you in the next episode.